Welcome to the IMDb Journey Podcast, where not only do we break down one film a fortnight from the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also do a wide variety of other things, including Pod v Pod, where we play many, many games, talk about everything else we've been watching, and do various drafts and lists and polls, and you name it, we probably do it. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Hendo. How you doing, mate? I'm doing fantastic, mate. It's good to have you back here on a somewhat not cold night. Not cold. Yeah, it's not as cold as it has been. It's not pouring down with rain. It's not yeah. miserable. It's yeah. uh, it's just okay. It is just okay. Which is all I can ask for right now over this shocking winter. Well, it's all you ever give me, so. How dare you? <laughs> now, how have you been, mate? How's your golf? Uh, I had a week off from golf, so I'm feeling Too much. pretty flat. No, no, no. Got rained out. What a weak excuse. Get out there and play, you softy. <laughs> nah, fair, fair point. But uh, nah, I should get back to it this weekend. Well, I imagine since you're not playing so much golf, you've probably had a chance to watch some more movies. I have watched more than uh, One. the last two weeks, yes. <laughs> Total. Two fortnights, I should say, you've yeah. watched more of this Pod v Pod than the last two combined. Yes, easily. <laughs> cool. Good job there. I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. It means so much to me. <laughs> All right, and what are we doing today? Well, we have Pod V Pod 21 today, and we've got a couple of Aussie guests today. We've got Brenton and Danielle from We Are DB, another great IMDb-related podcast. It'll be interesting to see how we go up against another you know, somewhat similar-themed podcast. Yeah, that's right, mate. And then after that, we've also got our question of the week, which is, what is your most anticipated film for the rest of the year? Which is also a top five as usual. Yeah, there might be a couple of differences as we did this same top five at the start of the year, so might be a couple of changes. Who knows? I don't think Endgame's still going to be on my list. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, we'll look at the results of the final 16 of the best 1970s film tournament. Yes, I'm very excited to get into this now. The 70s is a much improved decade from the 60s. Yeah, okay, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. There's some real classics in this decade. And we've also done our bracket draft for that between Dean and myself, and we had one different pick throughout the entire bracket, and it is in this round. So we'll find out who's already won our bracket tournament this round. (laughs) (laughs) And then after that, we'll be looking at what else we've been watching for the last fortnight, which I'm glad to say Dean is going to be talking a little bit more this time. I'm sure the listeners are very happy to hear that. And not just because they hear me less. Because your shit. (laughs) (laughs) But before we continue on, I got a little uh, asterisk for last week's episode. Now, genius that uh, Hendo is here. Hang on, hang on. No, no, no. Who's telling the story? You had one job. Pick one movie from the IMDb Top 250 we haven't broken down yet. So he picks a movie that is not even on the list. Now, let me clarify. (laughs) This film, Infernal Affairs, was on the list when I picked it. And we just so happened to check the list a couple of days later and it's gone. Yeah, shout out to Shane, one of our loyal patrons who has picked up on that little tidbit for us. Yeah, that would have been awkward to come into next week. And this is sitting at, oh, God. <laughs> no, so it's, it is a bit weird because it is still sitting at 8.1, but it's just out of the list now. I have no idea why, but we won't be breaking that down next week. So that means I get another. So what's next? And I am going to choose a film I haven't seen, which is limited. How many are there? Under 10? No, there's 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. I am going to go with the oldest film we'll have seen by far. And because it is so damn short, because I'm in this movie watcher challenge, I'm going 1924's Sherlock Jr. Buster Keaton. 60 minutes long. Wow. Yeah. Uh, All right. Can't wait to break that one down. It's going to be a good time. 
60 minutes. 60 minutes. You can watch does it that, twice. Does that even count with your movie watching? Uh, we, I've had a chat with Paul because he's <laughs> no, he's already watched this uh, throughout the year and he said, if you watched, if I watch this, are you allowing it? And I'm like, yep, I'll probably watch it this yep. year too. All right. Cool. Speaking of that, let's get to our movie watching challenge. He's a race. He's a race. I'm winning. I'm winning. Now, if anyone hasn't heard the countdown recently, we have had a discussion, Paul and myself. Now, Dean's going to give excuses, excuses here. Me? Yeah, you're going to say, oh, excuses, excuses. What do you mean? It's, it is taking its toll on Paul and myself. With the, we're just trying to constantly one-up each other. It, it, it is becoming burnout saga right well, now. Well, story of your life, you just went too hard too early, Hendo. you got to pace yourself because you guys were reactionary to each other. When you came out firing so hard, he's gone, oh, shit, I better, I better start firing. And then he's just eclipsed you by a mile. And now you're sitting here like, oh, excuse me, Paul. Can, uh, can we change the rules, please? Hang on. <laughs> you didn't even know the story, you dumb shit. I spoke to Paul. We both agreed. <laughs> we is- both agreed. He you just imagine him sitting there like, I mean, if you want. He proposed, the th- he pro- he proposed three, oh, op- three options. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he brought up three options that we could have a go at, and we decided to go for first to 500 because that does give him the advantage still because he's currently sitting at 330 and I am at 290. So he's still 40 ahead, but I think last week he was 50 ahead. So I'm, I'm surging back. I think I've got an opportunity coming up. I am on holidays for a couple of weeks coming up, so... Oh, that'll be my that'll be my time. If I don't get if I don't get close there, then I think uh, I might concede. Concede? Yeah. Don't concede. Just let him. Don't tell me what to do. You. Just let him. Just, just let, I'll just let stop. him embarrass I'll you. I'll just further. stop watching movies until he gets to five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to play you a promo from our guest here. We are DB, and we'll come back on the other side with Pod V Pod Twenty One. Welcome to ERDB, the film podcast presented by myself, Brenton, and joined as always by Danielle. And together, we are DB. Each week we discuss our thoughts and impressions on some of the greatest films you may never have seen. We are counting up the best movies of all time on the Internet Movie Database as rated by IMDb account holders, starting with number one. Whether you're a movie buff or simply haven't got around to watching some of the classics, you're likely to enjoy the show and are sure to learn something along the way. I myself am an avid movie watcher with a pretty good knowledge of movies, the industry, and everything in between. And I didn't really watch a lot of movies for a long time, but now I want to see more well-known, popular, influential, and classic films. Between the two of us, you're sure to find a perspective on movies that you can relate to. We break down even the most well-known movies into spoilers and non-spoilers because we can't make the assumption that you've ever seen it or know anyone involved. We have new episodes every Monday at noon and an honorable mention episode released once a month. These episodes are for films that just miss out on being in the IMDb's top 250 that we think still deserve a discussion. We look forward to hearing from you. Hope you check us out on all the socials, comment on SoundCloud, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right, it's time for Pod V Pod 21, where we have some of your favourite podcasters on for a battle of different movie games. And this week, Dean, not only are we back down under, but we have a like-minded podcast. We have Brenton and Danielle from We Are DB. Guys, welcome to the show. Welcome. Hello. Thanks so much for having us. Uh, you did just hear their promo play, but uh, just a quick sum up of uh, what you guys do. I think we can tell what you guys do, but... Uh, just a quick summary of what you guys do. We um, count up the IMDb's best movies one week at a time, starting with number one, and uh, just to watch more classic movies and sort of get our heads around it because Danielle hasn't seen a hell of a lot. Excellent. It's a, it's a good idea to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one who's coming at it from, you know, I watched movies just to see movies, didn't really have a 
really great understanding or, or in-depth knowledge about, you know, directors or production companies or all that sort of behind-the-scenes jazz, whereas Brenton really does. And I also was just... I, I was living in a hole, apparently, when it came to pop culture, so we've definitely been digging myself out of that. So I've seen a lot more of those things that, you know, a person really should have seen, being a member it's fun. of it's been fun. Earth. Yeah. <laughs> it's been what's, good. What's been some uh, surprise gems for you, Danielle? I love Star Wars, and I was one of those horrible people who hadn't seen Star Wars until I was about 21 I, years I old. I didn't even think they existed. Yeah. No, that, <laughs> I see, surprise exactly. surprise gems. Yeah. Star um, Wars. Surprise gems, she says Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. Um, what other ones, what other... I hadn't seen Cuckoo's Nest for a while. One flew over the Cuckoo's Nest, and I really surprisingly oh, yeah. liked that one. And one for me that was kind of... Like something that over time definitely grew on me was Tarantino. I remember what was the first one we watched, Brenton? I think it was Reservoir Dogs, and I watched that, and I was like, "What is this movie?" (laughs) I remember thinking that, and then going on from that. I mean, once you get Tarantino, you get Tarantino, and I really like Quentin Tarantino now. So we're working through his Tarantino, a house favorite here at Mm. IMDb Journey. Another Mm -hmm. hot take. Okay, why don't we get it into it, guys? If you are ready, we will start off with our first round, which is our standard movie quiz. Pop quiz, asshole. And what this is, is everyone knows it. Five questions, one point per correct guess, and the winner is the team with the most points. Okay. So we always ask the first question here. Who wants to answer the first question? I'll take it. Okay. All right, Brenton, here we go. First category. Oh, by the way, these five questions are all from our one of our top-tier patrons, Chris, so any hate mail can go to him. Radio. <laughs> All right, here we go. First question. Which Oscar winner made their film debut in the 2007 comedy Superbad? <laughs> See, I don't know that movie for a lot of Oscar winners. Um, I'm trying to think. It, he made the film debut in Superbad. Is that correct? Yes. So he didn't win it? No, no, didn't, didn't win it for Superbad, <laughs> yeah. Uh, made their film debut, yeah. Mm. See, I know Jonah Hill's been nominated, but he was in films before that. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Film debut. I don't even know anyone who had a film debut in that one. I'm trying to think of Bill Hader. Well, who's in it? Am I allowed input on this or is it just you? Absolutely mm. not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you quiet down right now. Right up. Okay. <laughs> Someone, oh, I don't know. That, that's, a, that's a very good question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go with Jonah Hill. You got stuck on the mail there, Brenton. Yeah. It's Emma Stone. I forgot she was in that, of course. <laughs> she has a small role in that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but well, what a role. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dean, you want to take the first one? Yeah, I'll take the first All one. All right, let's what do it. What have we got? So our question, first question is, which actor has played the most real people? So which actor has had the most roles that were roles based on real people? Damn, good question. Yeah, wow. Um... Real people. I'm just trying to think, is there any, like, maybe not franchise, but film series where there would be someone playing the same person over and over again? Or do I just take a punt? Uh, I'll say Denzel Washington. Unfortunately, no. We had initially thought it was Leo DiCaprio, who has played nine roles as real people, but it's actually Johnny Depp with 11 Wow. Jeez. Yeah. I didn't realize he'd done so many biopics, but he has. That's yeah. crazy. What's, uh, uh, I can think of Ed, Ed Wood. Ed Wood um, <laughs> Edward Scissorhands, obviously. <laughs> well, uh, Whitey Bulger. Yeah, Whitey Bulger. Is there anyone else? I mean, there's nine others. Yeah. yeah. 
Ah, okay. Awesome. Well, not awesome. We bloody lost He it. also <laughs> played, like, John Dillinger in Public Enemies and... Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a, obviously there's a lot more we had looked through. Willy Wonka, of course. Haha, ha, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Why my, does your one get a laugh and my scissor hands did it? <laughs> just a funny... It's the, it's the way I say it. The delivery, yeah. That's yeah, gotta yeah, be yeah. it, yeah. All right, Danielle, your question. Dean, go for it. All right. I'm so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, Frank Darabont has directed three Stephen King adaptations. Name all three films. I feel like we've gone over these. We definitely have. I know that oh, one. <laughs> okay. That's a good question for you. <sighs> no, it's not. Okay. Um, <laughs> see, I'm having one of those like memory moments where I'm like, I definitely remember going over his name in one of the introductions. So it's, we've definitely, I know we've definitely gone over one on one of the episodes. Stephen King, right? Safe to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm not giving any final answers. I'm just going over stuff that I know he's written. I know he did, like, I know Stephen King wrote it. See, this is where it's so bad because I don't know, I don't know enough about popular culture. God, which ones have we seen? He didn't do one flu, did he? No. Oh I want to give so many hints and tips, I know. but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here, I was like, this is going to happen. I'm going to be sitting here and I'm going to not know something that I should know and I'm going to look ridiculous, but that's okay. It's all right. It's happened to the best of us. Yeah. Oh my God. And Hendo. <laughs> that was a pity laugh. <laughs> See? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. See, now I'm just drawing a total blank and I got to come up with three movies. Okay. I'm going to go with it. Didn't he do The Shining too? I think so. Okay, I'm I'm gonna yeah. just jump in there. Yeah. It is uh, incorrect. Okay, well thanks. Uh, the, <laughs> that's okay. I thought it would end your suffering. Thank you. <laughs> the the answers we were looking for were the Shawshank Redemption. Jesus, that was the one. That was the one. I sh- yeah, okay. it was the one. It's number one on the list. I was gonna say, do you know? That's right. It's because it's so long ago that we did that that I couldn't bring that back to my mind. Okay, so Shawshank, which I should have known. Uh, the Green Mile Again, and The Mist. Okay. That one I wouldn't have got, but I should have got the first two. So embarrassing question out of the way. Devastatingly, Sorry, it's just nerves. Just put it down to yeah, nerves. Okay. <laughs> Devastatingly bad. You'll nail answers. the next one. Cool. Just blame the patrons. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn it, Chris. Okay, I will take the next question. I thought it would be fitting if we uh, had an IMDb question in there for two IMDb podcasts. So, which title has the most uh, letters? What's what's the longest title in the top two fifty on the IMDb? Okay, I'm thinking of one straight away off the top of my head, but I'm just going to try and think if there's anything else that is remotely close to it. I'm glad I got this one since I (laughs) I do the top 250 updates. I think I would have got this. No, no, I don't think you would. (laughs) I think we're thinking of the same thing. (laughs) I think so. I feel like if you know the list well enough, it's easy. Yeah, uh, I can't think of anything that comes close. I'm going to say... Dr. Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. That is correct. Good job. Yes. Fantastic. Well, was that yours, Dean? Uh, Just thinking about it now, I may actually not have been able to get the correct... See, I told uh, you. How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. I'm not sure (laughs) I would have got that. I think the second longest is uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Okay. Because the whole Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, well, we're up on the board here. One to nil after two questions each. So we'll take it back to you, Brenton. Third question here. Only five actors or actresses have ever won back-to-back Oscars in consecutive years. Name two of them. This is uh, obviously Oscars for acting. 
I've just got Oscars here. Okay. okay. So I imagine it's for, you know, either best actor, best supporting actor, you know, who knows. But that's all I've got here. Okay. Because I know Emmanuel Lebetsky won it for cinematography three years in a row, but you probably don't have that on your list. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> um, <laughs> back to back. I feel like I was looking something like this up a few days ago. Well, I'm going to lock that one in just because I don't have anyone else off the top of my head. And I'll put you out of your misery because that's not on there. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the five, uh, only one I would have guessed was Tom Hanks. Mm. Really? Yeah. He. Uh, what was it for? Philadelphia and Forrest Gump. Gump. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, there's also Jason Robards, Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy, and Luis Rayner. Mm, okay. It's a good question. Yeah. That was a tough one. Mm. Okay. Dean, let's see if we can uh, extend this lead. Let's do it. Okay. So... How many Robert De Niro films have been directed by Martin Scorsese? Oh, Dean's Wheelhouse. Come on. Think, brother. Gee, I, I wish it wasn't this question because I'm going to feel real dirty. <laughs> I feel like you guys should have swapped questions. We would have done much better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what have we got? Um, I'm just talking uh, to myself here. Um, okay, so there'd be Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, Mean Streets, King of Comedy, Goodfellas. Is that it? Oh, I feel like I'm missing something really obvious. Oh, yes. Uh, Casino. Casino makes six. Uh, And I think that will do it. So lock in six. You missed one. I really feel like you missed one. I think you missed Cape Fear. Oh, Cape Fear. Yeah, I did. So I know you're wrong. Yeah, no, you're right. (laughs) Is it? So is it seven? It was eight. Wow. What else did I miss? Brenton, do you know what the last one was? I forget. What, what was the first one they did together? Mean, mean, mean Streets. Wasn't that's yeah. Mean yeah. Streets, yeah. I, I can't remember what the last one was. And that's not including The Irishman, which comes out in about a month or so. So that'll be... Nine. Um, nine. But it, it's currently eight. I don't oh, remember okay. what the last one is. Wish we had it in well, front there of there you us. go. You got yeah. it written down. Yeah. Do you, do you feel embarrassed? Uh, I'm not surprised I missed Cape Fear, to be honest. Mm. All right. I've seen it once and, uh, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan. All right. Fair enough. Well, g- glad to see that I'm holding the fort down here. <laughs> 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 All right, Danielle, your next question here. Oh, dear. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Sorry in advance. All right. How many films has actor Stanley Tucci directed? One, three, or five? Three. Total stab in the dark, three. Uh, it's actually five. Okay. Really? I couldn't name any of them. <laughs> could <Because>, See, because <laughs> here's the thing is that, like, I know big name directors and then a few up and coming or things. And I I don't know which category he falls into, but I know I've heard his name. Neither. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if I can end this round just now in the fourth round. Let's go. What do we got? Which film won Best Picture in 1955? Marty. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if that was an easy one, but uh, I thought it was an interesting one. It actually helped that I watched that for the first time earlier on this year, and that just that number just uh, uh, good get. came out to me. Good get. Yeah. That was, that was nice. a good one. Cool. All right. Well, let's do the last question anyway, because it is a collaboration on both parts. So we'll give you the question here. Since the year 2000, Leonardo DiCaprio has only appeared in one film where he didn't get top billing. What is that film? So I'm guessing it's not one of his, his big heavy hitters or one of his Sc- Scorsese films. It could be. Who would get higher billing than him? Maybe The Departed because it's such a big cast? Well, just think, what's he done since 2000 
that's got everything. Other... Well, but give me some names here. Uh, the Aviator. You did Revolutionary Road. You did Inception. Wall Street, Shutter Island. Maybe, maybe Inception. No, I don't know. Didn't what get about, top billing. What do you have in The Revenant? Yeah, probably. I would say so because there's not many actors in there. It's pretty much just him and Tom Hardy. Mm. I'm gonna say it's something smaller uh, and less popular, like Re- Revolutionary Road, where maybe Kate Winslet had it because she was an Oscar winner at the time. That could be. Still is. <laughs> <laughs> No, they took it away. <laughs> Once I saw Revolutionary Road. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any? Do you have any any educated guess, Danielle? Like The Departed does have Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon. Most of the stuff that Mom I've Sheen. seen him in, ha- he has been like absolutely the lead. So there wouldn't be any reason for him not to be making the most, you know. So I don't. I'm, know. I'm leaning towards The Departed now. Okay. Who you? Who else did you say was in that? I'm pretty sure um, Alec Baldwin's in it, Mark Wahlberg. It's a big cast. An all-star cast. That's probably a fairly a fairly educated guess then. Do you want to lock it in? Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> it is sound logic, but he was top billing for that, unfortunately. Uh, we go back to our man Quentin Tarantino. It was Django Unchained. Oh! Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. righto. I don't feel so bad about that one. All right, let's take our last question here for a collaboration. Okay. Name six of the top eight highest grossing movies of all time that are not Disney properties. Yikes. Okay. You can thank Brenton um, for that. Well, I'm glad it's collaboration, so I don't feel like it's that bad. All right, so we, we go with Avatar, Avatar and Titanic. Titanic. Okay. Those are givens, yeah. Obviously, so we got to do six, don't we? Yes. Yes. Six of, the top, six of the top eight that aren't Disney. Yes. Okay. Hmm. What about Jurassic Park? Uh, oh, Fast and Furious. Yeah, but which one is it? It's the. I'm pretty sure it's the seventh. Seven? It was the seventh seven. one. So we'll say Furious Seven. Yeah. Um. There's. You said Jurassic Park. I think Jurassic, Jurassic World, World was one of the big ones there. Yeah. So you, we'll hit that in. So that's those are our four so far. But uh, two more. What do you got? Uh, I'm trying to trying to go back on it. Uh, there's no uh, non-Disney animated films up there. No way. No. Trying to go. Oh. Minions? Uh, yeah. That was that, huge. That could be a big one. Do you want Minions. to put that in? May as well. Yeah, all right. And what about one more? Uh, what are the big, big blockbusters? Of... I'm trying to go back on the year by year. Yeah. It was, um, what about, oh, it's a wild stab, but like Deathly Hallows Part 2. That's not Disney, and that was the highest of the year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm happy with that. Yeah, all right. We'll take those six. We'll take them. Nicely done. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Killing it. The, nice. You, those were one to five with Minions at eighth, and then six and seven Ooh. were Jurassic World 2 and The Fate of the Furious. Oh, Nicely wow. done. Okay. That I can't was believe Minions is up there. Oh, that's a joke. It's <laughs> such yeah. a joke. It's crazy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, good showing by us, Dean. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, we in this round on a 3-2-0 victory, so... <laughs> Um, sorry, guys. That I'm I'm our weakest link. I'm not surprised, but that's okay. Hey, 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 hey! Brenton didn't get any right either. Don't <laughs> don't put yourself down. There you go. Okay, cool. Right. <laughs> While he nervously laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> Have you guys been beaten before? Uh, in the quiz, yes. Okay. Uh, okay yeah. yeah. Overall, you haven't. Yeah, I think sometimes we've lost on a uh, was it one to nil loss. <laughs> yeah, there's been some shockers. <laughs> yeah. So we, we know what it's like. All right, let's see. Let's see if you can get back on the board here with our second game, which is. Wait a minute. 
Don't I know you from somewhere? Where both teams have three actors or actresses and the other team has to guess what is their four known for movies on their IMDb page. Now, we asked the first question in the first round. You guys can give us the first actor and uh, I'll go first this time. All right, so our first actress is Emma Thompson. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, all right, give me a minute here. Let's Let's think this over. So she is British. So uh, oh wow, <laughs> good start. Uh, let's go with. Jeez, I, I don't even know if this, if she's in it. Uh, Sense and Sensibility. That one's there. Yeah. Excellent. What about Love Actually? Correct. Excellent. I'm happy with two. <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> Any. Anything extra is just a little gravy on top. How about let's go with another one of those British shit films, Pride and Prejudice. Was she? I don't. Was she in that I one? I don't believe it's, that she was in those. No, it, it's uh, not yeah, one of the top four. And my last one. Geez, I don't think I'm in good shape here. If I'm guessing films, she's not even in for my hmm. third pick. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. Emma Thompson. See, the only thing I can think of is a movie that's not even out yet. So there's no way it's that. Mm. See, I know she's in the Harry Potter films, but I've got no idea when she's in them and how long she's in them for. But I know the last one's the biggest one, so I'll just go Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. See, I always get confused. It's not it's not on the list, um, but I always get confused because like, we're big nerds about the books, so of course we know she's in that part of the book, but I don't actually remember if she's in the film. And she, no, she's in the films. Yeah, she? she's in the, from the third one onwards. That's right. So the movies were Sense and Sensibility, Saving Mr. Banks, Okay. Love Actually, mm-hmm. and Howard's End. Never even heard of that one. I've seen That's Howard's That's the one that she okay. won the Oscar for. Did she win an Oscar? She won two Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, not back to back. Sorry, Emma Thompson. <laughs> How could you not say the tall guy? Come on. What is that? <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Oh. Uh, Emma Thompson, not my, not my wheelhouse, so I'm glad for two. All right, who wants to go first out of you guys? I'll go first. All right. Let's go Ashton Kutcher. Ooh. See, I feel like he's in a lot of those shittier, less known sort of ones. Like, um, what's the one where he's in with Natalie Portman? (laughs) Uh, No Strings Attached. There was the, uh, was it The Guardian? There was... Are these guesses or are you just riffing? (laughs) Um, I will lock lock in uh, The Guardian and... There's no strings attached because they're the only ones I can really think of. No. No? No to both of them. Really? I don't yeah. even know what else he's in, really. Um, maybe Dude Where's My Car. <laughs> and is that a guess? Is that a guess? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're asking yourself. <laughs> I am asking myself, but I will lock that one in. That is correct. Okay, so that's one out of three. And was uh, what was the... The Steve Jobs movie that he was in. Was it just called Steve Jobs or Jobs? I'm going to say Jobs. No. No, okay. That is a Kutcher film, though. Yes. Yes. All right. What do you got? The others were Just Married, A Lot Like Love, Mm. and uh, That 70s Show. Oh, of course. I forget the television can be in there as well. Yeah, they sneak those in every once in a while. Yeah. Okay. One. Brenton, well done. All right, what have I got? (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Let's get my solid zeros happening again. Your actress is Helena Bottom Carter. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, let me think. Without Harry Potter, I'm thinking 
Fight Club. Uh, what other Burton movies is she in? Alice in Wonderland. These are just to myself, by the way. Alice mm-hmm. in Wonderland. Oh, what about Sweeney Todd? Hmm. And what's her big Harry Potter movie? Yeah, we'll say the last Harry Potter as well. So I'll, I'll lock those four and we'll do it one by one. Fight Club? Correct. Alice in Wonderland? No. Sweeney Todd? Yes. Nice. And we'll go the Deathly Hallows Part 2. No. Uh, the other ones were Les, Mis- Les Miserables? <laughs> <laughs> yep, never getting that. I didn't even know she was in that one. Uh, and The King's Speech. Ah, uh, there you go. I really liked her in the King's Speech. I know. She, she wouldn't have been getting top billing for that one. I don't even remember she was <laughs> in that, either of those. Jesus, I don't remember her at all in that. She played the queen. She played the queen? Yeah, she was uh, the queen the queen mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Two points. Two. Well okay, that's, yep, that's fun. Happy? I'll take two. All right. Danielle, for you, we've got... Here we go. Mark Wahlberg. Oh, okay, cool. Um, let's see. There's that one that I like that Brenton thinks is shit that I can never remember what it's called. Again, just to myself, that's Four Brothers. He was in... He's been in a lot of those crappy comedies like Daddy's Home. Ted. What's that, three? Are you locking these in or talking to yourself? I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Um, think, woman, think. I'm going to lock in Ted. Correct. Okay. So I feel like he was in... Some other bigger things that I haven't seen. Can't think of a fourth one. I'll go with those other two because I'm I'm struggling for a fourth one even. So what about those other two? You're gonna have to refresh my memory. Yeah, they were uh, four brothers. No. Okay, and um, oh geez, no, I forgot too. Oh, Daddy's Home. No. You want to take a crack at one more? Daddy's Home too. <laughs> Double uh, down. <laughs> no, unfortunately, that's okay. not there either. Okay. The other three you missed out on were The Fighter. Yep. Right. Boogie Nights. Yep. And The Departed. Oh, right, right. Okay. I thought you would get The Departed because we just mentioned it. I know. But... <laughs> oh, well. Maybe if he was top billing. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So heading into the final round of this game, we are sitting on four to your guys two. So we need to get... Uh, let's just get all four and finish it again. We'll see how we go. Yeah, we'll see. What do you guys got for us? This is a collaboration, of course. So this is our third actor is Sam Rockwell. Hmm. Okay. So I'm thinking just no, don't lock anything in. <laughs> Green Mile, Iron Man 2, uh, Three Billboards. Definitely Three Billboards. Moon. Or Moon. Yeah. Got to be Moon. Uh, so we got Moon, Three Billboards. I like the Green Mile. What was the other one? Iron Man Two. Iron Man Two. Mm, is there something else better than Iron Man Two that he is more <laughs> well known for? Uh, mm, tough one. Like I know you love Iron Man Two. Just it's a good movie. No, nah, it's not. <laughs> what about? No, nah, he's not in that. Uh, say it anyway. It'd be funny. <laughs> I was going to say Imbruge, but I'm thinking Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. Nah. Oh. You know. changed your tune pretty quickly there. Well, that movie has popped up before on this. Surprisingly. Uh, yeah, yeah, Christopher Walken. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about the first three and then we'll fight over the last one? Okay. All right, so let's go Moon. You got it. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Correct. Uh, the Green, Green Mile. Mile. No, surprisingly. Hmm. Okay. So what, what do you mean? want? Do you want Iron Man 2 and yeah. I said Seven Psychopaths? Yeah. What, other, what else has he been in? Therein lies the question. Isn't he in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? He is. He's like the main character in that, I think. 
I just remember that. It's him on the poster. It is. Do you want to go with that one? <sighs> Guess. Kind of like Iron Man 2, though. Uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Can you think of anything else? I think I think out of those three choices, yours is the worst. Uh, you watch. It'll be Iron Man 2. It'll cost us. <laughs> you watch. We'll pick Confessions, and it'll be Iron Man 2 and Seven Psychopaths as the other two. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's lock in Confessions. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Correct. Boom. Never a doubt. You're and the other was it. Seven Psychopaths, so there was no Iron Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Iron Man 2. Ah, oh, jeez. I'm so glad I'm easy to convince you to change your mind. Look at that. Three in the last round. So we are now sitting on seven. To so our, to our two. that is, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's, it. <laughs> that's another shutdown. Sorry, guys. We only got two, really. <laughs> well, there's, there's you, another you, round. You know, Let's play the. Yeah, yeah, of course, we're yeah. going to go the last round. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Collaboration, of course. Mm. And for your last actor, we have Ethan Hawke. Oh, jeez. Okay. What was he in? I don't, I have not seen many of his films. I might even be getting confused in my head with someone else. I'm trying to think of what... Come up with some characters. Yeah, it's not Ethan Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Mission Impossible. Um, uh, I think he... Was he in the first Purge? Not the first Purge, but the very first Purge. Oh, that's helpful to me. <laughs> Those are two different movies. Yeah, don't, don't get them confused. <laughs> What's confusing about that? <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say The Purge. Okay. Uh, no. Is that even the actor that I'm thinking of? Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it, okay. It is. Okay. Well, I, I probably we'll probably shed our luck on this one, Danielle. I was gonna say I'm, I feel I'm going to be very useless here, because if that's the only thing you have to go off of, I'm gonna be <laughs> no use. <laughs> I don't do we'll horror, not well. so I haven't and will not ever see it. We've yeah. Okay. I don't know. Sorry, Brenton. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. We're probably going to pass on that one. That's official? I think so. Yeah. Okay. You could have gone for Training Day mm. or the Before Trilogy, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. He's got all three of those in there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a oh, weird okay. one. He's a versatile actor. <laughs> he must have been young in Training Day. Uh, not as young as he was in Before Sunrise. Before Sunrise go. is a great film, by the way. It is. It really, really is. <laughs> all right. So, final score there, seven to two. Bad luck, guys. We got two. I'll take our two. You got two. That's yeah. yeah. Better than the zero. So yeah. you're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> On the bright side. <laughs> so as always, we do end our Pod V Pod off with our movie draft. And this week is our patron request from Chris once again. And he has gone with true crime films. Now, mm. what we'll do is, Brenton and Danielle, you guys can pick which team is going to go first. What do you think, Brenton? I think we'll go first. Okay. Okay, and who wants to go first out of you two? How about... Danielle. Yeah, okay. We're going to go with Alpha Dog. Alpha Dog. Okay, Dean, I'll let you go first. Okay, I'm going to take... I'm going to take Goodfellas off the board. Damn it, I was hoping you wouldn't say that. was just... Yeah. All right. For me, I don't want to go double Scorsese, but... I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. It's our latest breakdown, The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Mm. All right, Brenton, on to you. What do you got? See, I was wondering if that was a crime movie, but it absolutely is, isn't it? So I was going to say Catch Me If You Can, which is very similar yeah, that's on the per- lines. That's, yeah, mm. perfect. Good pick. Good pick. Okay. All right, Danielle, back to you. Um, Dog Day Afternoon. 
Good pick. I think Dean's kicking himself a little bit yep, here. That would have been my next one. All right. What are you, you going to do then? Uh, now that that's off, I think... What do we got? I'll take Zodiac. Mm. Cool. Good pick. Uh, hmm. Man. I'm going to go Monster. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Brenton, on to you. What, what are you going to go for? I'm going to go with Donnie Brasco. Good. Nice. if he hadn't, I would have been frustrated. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Another real life Johnny Depp character. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And for your last pick, it's a collaboration, so chat it out. What are you going to go for? We've got left on our list. We've I'm got... thinking the Untouchables. Yeah, yeah. You think you want to lock that well, in? Yeah, yes. Okay, now, the Untouchables. Excellent. That's a, that's a good choice too. All right, Dean, our last choice. What are you What are you thinking? Okay. Do you want to go a bit of a prestige, a bit of best winner? Yeah, spotlight? I, was, I was thinking Spotlight. Yeah. Uh, I know you're not going to go with The French Connection. No, that's not a good movie. It is a fantastic movie. I thought you were going to go with <laughs> The Prestige. <laughs> <laughs> Tesla's in it. <laughs> uh, uh, what else? What, what, what are you thinking? Anything else? Not really. Like, I haven't seen all the President's Men. Uh, JFK is probably a bit divisive. I think Spotlight's pretty safe. Do we want to play it safe? What about Wolf Creek? No, we're not going Wolf <laughs> Creek. That'd be ridiculous. No, I, I'm happy with Spotlight. It's a good Go Wolf film. Creek too. Yeah. <laughs> we should have gone the double. All right, no, we'll take Spotlight. Good choice. Cool. Okay, let's take a look back at these teams. We have got Goodfellas, The Wolf of Wall Street, Zodiac, Monster, and Spotlight. And you guys have Alpha Dog, Catch Me If You Can, Dog Day Afternoon, Donnie Brasco, and The Untouchables. Now, this poll will be released before the episodes even come out to make it a true blind draft. So get out there and vote if you haven't already. All right. So, Brenton and Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a, an absolute blast. You gave some tough questions, I must say. Thank you for having us. Yeah, not a problem. Where can the listeners find you? We are all over the place. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on, are we on Google Podcasts? Everything you can get a Pretty, podcast yeah, on, you can find us. Literally everything. So, everywhere. Fantastic. All right. So thank you once again, guys, and we will catch you soon. Bye. Awesome. Thanks very much. All right, let's get into... Answer my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you is, what is your most anticipated film for the rest of 2019? Now let's take a look at some responses over on Twitter. First one here from Mike, Mike and Oscar. Once upon a time in Hollywood. That's a good choice, Mike. And Mike. But not Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) Next up from Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Here's one from Sam at the Movie Reviews and 20Qs podcast. Of course he's going with Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit. You heard of Jojo Rabbit? I've heard of it. Just now. I think they've mentioned it on their podcast. Absolutely. Oh, they definitely would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the extent of my knowledge of Jojo Rabbit. Uh, one True Crime podcast says, Yesterday. Do you know anything about Yesterday? I actually saw a trailer for Yesterday. Uh, was it Yesterday? No. I think it looks pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. I actually haven't seen a trailer for Yesterday, but I know what it's about. Yeah. It's, I think it looks all right, so I wouldn't mind seeing that. Here's one from Building the Movie List, It Chapter 2. You keen to see Chapter 2, Dean? Maybe you've got to finish seeing Chapter 1 first. I've, I've seen Chapter 1. No, you didn't. I've seen most of it. I mean, the problem is I probably have to watch Number 1 again, don't you I? You do. It can't be any worse than Number 1, can it? How dare you? From the Monster Closet, oddly, Terminator Dark Fate. It cannot possibly be as bad as Genesis, right? That's yeah, a pretty low bar to step over. I feel like most new Terminator movies, it's sort of like, well, can't be as bad as the last one, can it? <laughs> I think they've been saying that for the last three. <laughs> 
Here's one from Customers Also Watched, Hands Down The Lighthouse. Robert Eggers' first film, The Witch, was one of the best horror movies I've seen, and his new one has gotten amazing reviews from Cannes. Also, Green Goblin and New Batman are in it. Heard of that one, Dean? The New Batman? Yeah. Nice sidestep of the question. <laughs> Mayor of Nilbog says Joker. Here's one from Farrier Collins, Ford versus Ferrari. That looks interesting, that film. Have you seen a trailer? I have not. Because I saw one did come out recently. Oh, we've got one here from the Dustin and Katie Can Read podcast. I'm very interested in the movie version of Cats. I didn't even know it was coming out. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, that surprises me. You normally got your ear to the ground with this sort of stuff. The visual effects are meant to be extraordinary. Um, I don't know much about Cats, like the musical or anything. Like nothing. Hold on. You don't know much about Cats, Is there the cats musical in it? or anything? Is there <laughs> two separate things. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know much about anything? I don't know much about Cats or anything for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> Alessio Pasquale says Toy Story 4. That's an interesting choice. I, I'm surprised I haven't seen that come up a couple more times. Are people over Toy Story? Well, Toy Story 3 ended so well that why do they need to do this? Yeah. Like, well, it look, it doesn't look like it's... I haven't seen a trailer, but I've seen, like, some new characters, I think. Is the trailer, it Kitty? Yeah, the trailer's just... It looks like it's got nothing to do with, like, the first three. You know what I'm talking about? Like, three ended so well, and four just is like, oh, this is a spin-off. Like, well, you don't need to be doing this. KB says Ip Man 4. And our last one here on Twitter from Dwight Norton Jr., Men in Black International. All right, let's head over to our Facebook page from our awesome patron, Paul, from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. Maybe it's a product of the movie watching challenge, but I'm struggling to be excited about anything. I hear you, buddy. <laughs> uh, Rob Manafield says The Rise of Skywalker. Tom Powell says Joker and Zombieland 2. Mark Harris says, I'm really looking forward to Ford versus Ferrari. And Michelle Jane says Lion King. All right, let's head over to our patron for our lovely, lovely patrons. Chris Beardsall says Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, closely followed by The Irishman. Ben Mulverhill says Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Your brother Shane Jeffrey says Men in Black International. Just kidding. Oh, you kidding, you Shane. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. (laughs) Classic Shane. (laughs) And lastly here, Dan Brennick says, just to be different, because it's really once upon a time in Hollywood, Hobbs and Shaw. Okie doke. Thank you very much, everyone, for your responses. But, Dean, let's get to our top five most anticipated films for the rest of 2019. All right, mate, let's start with you as usual. What is your number five? My number five, it was actually, it was probably the hardest position for me. But I've gone Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay, cool. Yep. My number five... Coming off the awesome Hereditary, I'm going Ari Aster's Midsummer. Mm. Do you know anything about that film? No. See, this is what I'm going to say for probably my... Oh, not my number four, but definitely my number three. But let's listen to your number four. What is it? My number four is Joker. Of course. Of course it's Joker. Of course. <laughs> you can't wait. I'm surprised it's higher, not higher than four. I'm not. It should have been third for you, I reckon. No, I don't think so. Well, my number four is Ford versus Ferrari. James Mangold, Christian Bale, Matt Damon. Yeah, I know you don't like cars. And I don't either, but with that lineup, I'm excited for it. The lineup of Ford and Ferrari? Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, my number three is The Irishman. Ooh, number three. Man. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. I know what, what other one is filling your top two there. My number three is Parasite. Do you know about this film? Could not care less. Oh, well, I'll move on then. <laughs> oh, seriously? What is it? It's done by Bong Joon-ho, who did Snowpiercer and Oakja. It, won, it just you won. You liked Snowpiercer, did you? I didn't say I did. I'm just saying this is the I'm guy who curious. did it. I'm just curious. Did you like Snowpiercer? No, I haven't seen Snowpiercer. <laughs> so big fan of this director. <laughs> I just, I'm just telling you who he is. You had no idea who he was. Oakja. Yeah. 
good. It just this one, this film just won the Palme d'Or at Cannes. It's, okay. it's. I think it's. I actually think it's the number one highest rated film on Letterbox now for the year, taking over Homecoming, Beyonce's Homecoming, not Spider Man's Homecoming. Of course, of course. Number two, Dean. Star Wars of Episode course. Nine. Yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Number two for me is The Irishman. Okay. Obviously still, number one. It's once still number one. Time yep. In Hollywood. Once upon a time in Hollywood, for sure. Without a doubt. All right, and for next week's top five, we're doing something a little different, guys. First off, the top five is going to be, on the basis of Sherlock Jr., top five black and white films. Now, we have recently stumbled into some merch, some uh, nice little stickers, a couple of good things there. So we're going to start doing some giveaways here. So we're not just going to ask you guys what is your favorite black and white film. You guys can give us your top five. And whoever comes closest to their top five matching our joint top five will send you out some lovely merch. So get out there and give us your top five black and white films. Yeah, it's something we haven't really done before at all. So I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of reception this gets and see where this can go from here. Absolutely. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, Dean, it's time to get into our results of the final 16 of the best 1970s film tournament. Let's take a look at the first match here, Dean. I'm sure you're happy with this one. The Godfather takes out the underdog, Rocky, with a 76% victory. No surprises there. Next up, we've got Taxi Driver destroying the Sting, 85-15. to 15. Next match here is actually not the highest margin for some strange reason. Star Wars A New Hope beats Stalker, 78%. Yeah, that's very surprising. I mean, I've never seen Stalker, but... It's A New Hope. I've never seen Stalker. Like, <laughs> we're Star Wars. There's a reason. <laughs> Uh, next up, we've got Apocalypse Now beat out the D Hunter, seventy-three percent to twenty-seven. And next one here, surprisingly close. It was, I think, Jaws was ahead for a little bit too. But the Godfather Part Two does take out Jaws with a fifty-seven percent victory. One flew over the cuckoo's nest, took out the Exorcist. This was a close one, fifty-three mm. percent to forty-seven. I'm shocked about that one. I thought that would have blown it out too. But here's a blowout. Alien takes out Chinatown with a 69% victory, so well done there. But we have one more left here, which was our only discrepancy in our bracket. A Clockwork Orange versus Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Now, I went with A Clockwork Orange. And I went with the Holy Grail. And who won that one, Dean? Well, after much uh, going back and forth, and it was it was tied for a long time, mm. it did end up 52% to the Holy Grail. Very good, Holy Grail. Well done, Dean. Good choice there. Yes, it was. So at the end of this tournament in two or so months, you'll pick a movie for me. So you've got a lot of time to think. Oh, no need. No need. I already know what I'm going to give you. Well, I have to anticipate that one now, don't I? Yes. Every night before you <laughs> I'll send you a message. Damn it, just tell me. All right, Dean, we're going to take a quick break here, give you a promo from our good buddies, Billy and Topher from We Watch The Thing. Make sure you're going out and checking out their show. They are fantastic Aussie blokes just chatting about movies. Yeah, love those guys. Check them out if you haven't already. That's right. So we'll be back on the other side with what else we've been watching. Hey, Topher, I was doing an etymology search because, well, who needs a reason? Turns out watch comes from the proto-Germanic word watchin', meaning be awake. Interesting if true, Billy. So our podcast, We Watched a Thing, really just means we stayed awake for something. Uh, yeah, or at least most of it. Well, having been awake is about all the credentials we can really lay claim to when it comes to talking about movies. Speak for yourself, I've got legit IMDB credit. Well, all the visual effects experience in the world doesn't change the fact that you found passengers so emotionally touching that you cried. Oh yeah, taste guidelines from the cameraman who likes Jedi more than Empire, really? Ewoks are the best. Are they? Yes. And if you, dear listener, feel there aren't enough semi-informed cinematic opinions in your life, 
then a weekly dose of We Watched a Thing is for you. We Watched a Thing. We stay awake and everything. Find us at wewatchedathing.com or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else good podcasts are found. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show to get our name out there and there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. You know, let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, and another personal favourite of mine, CastBox. And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can contact us on Twitter at twitter.com slash imdbjourney, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash imdbjourney, or you can email us at imdbjourney at gmail.com. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. And Dean, I'm happy to say we have a new iTunes review for us from Brendan Triple J. I randomly came across this on Twitter and I'm so happy I did. I love this show now. Short, simple, to the point. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you very much, Brendan. Or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more, why not check out our Patreon where we post another weekly show breaking down films not on the IMDb Top 250 list. Yeah, that's right. What have we got coming up this week, Hendo? Well, Dean, we're deep into our Tarantino film series and we're coming across Death Proof this week. We are coming across Death Proof. Yes. Uh, Arguably, he's our worst film. Is there an argument? Some people might not think it is. Hmm. We shall see. I wonder if we think. (laughs) Stay tuned. We've also got our poll going for which film we're going to be breaking down off the top 250, and uh, Pulp Fiction is ahead at the moment. I wonder if it's going to be taken over by Reservoir Dogs or Inglorious Bastards at this point. Only time will tell. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. The good. The bad. Alright, before we get into this, I just want to remind everyone that this section of the podcast will be, as always, spoiler free. So if you haven't seen these movies, do not fear, we won't spoil them for you. Alright, Dean, what is your magic number this time around? I'm in double digits. I'm at the 10. Nice. 10's good. 10 is very good. What about you, Hendo? I was so very close to doubling you, but I hit 19. Mind you, though, there's 19 films I'm talking about. I've been running through the Friday the 13th films recently. I haven't seen any of them before. My God. Are you not talking about them? No, no, no. I've. Do you, want me to, do you want me to talk about all these films? I mean, you could lump them in at number 22, 3, 4, 5, 6. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I was to put it on the list as a general film franchise so far, because I've seen, I think I'm up to 7 or 8, I'd probably put it at like number 17 on the list. They're all shit. Like, none of them would be recommendable from me, but I'm not a big horror guy. I saw so. there was one you gave a two and a half. Yeah, number six. How does number six a standout? Because I think that's when it takes itself a little less serious and it becomes a bit more comedic. Self-referential. Okay. All right, but let's start with me for number 19. One of the worst movies I've ever seen in my goddamn life, movie 43. Is that the, the, the scrotum on the chin? That's the one. Wow, what made you watch that? Like, I know you're watching a lot of movies, but you knew. You knew going in it would be like this. Yeah. Why watch it? What of it? I mean, it's your time. You're giving up for it's this. It's not that much time, really. I guess it is only your time. Yeah, that's right. Good about this film is absolutely nothing. What about the scrotum chin? The bad about this is absolutely everything. And I give this half a goddamn star, and that's generous. And we have a review from Short and Sweet Film Reviews. Movie 43 is up there for worst of the decade. I'd say it's up there for worst ever. Be cool. All right, on to my number 18 film, which is a Netflix film that just came out recently. 
wine country. This has all those SNL alums like uh, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Maya Rudolph, all the others that aren't funny at all. The good about this is that there's some pretty decent cinematography in it. Like, there's some good-looking shots of some sunny wine valleys. It's of nice. the country? Of the countryside. Yeah, it looks good. The bad is-, is How are the countries? What? Well, it's wine country. Yeah, there's one. Oh, so it's good. That's fine, yeah. But in terms of the bad, which is mostly bad, there's not a single funny gag in this film at all. Like, I didn't laugh once. It's really weak, and it's a one-and-a-half-star film, which moves me on to my number 17 film, which is Slow West. It's a film from 2015, Michael Fassbender, Ben Mendelsohn- that sounds good. It does. It's not good, though. Okay. Let's point out something good, though. I was a fan of some of the deadpan humor that they had throughout this Western. Uh, it actually played well in terms of the slow West. The bad is, the reason why it's called Slow West is because it's an 88-minute film that feels like 120 minutes. It just drags so much in this film, and it gets two stars from me. Fair enough. All right, that puts me at my number 16, which is another Netflix film that has been getting a lot of mixed opinions these days, and that is The Perfection. What's happening? Oh, my God. What's happening? I don't know. Oh, my God. What is it? I don't know. What? What the fuck? Look at you, Do. Oh, really? Yeah, I've heard some good stuff. I've also not heard just, some shit stuff. Not too. just good stuff, just more like, wow, I need to uh I need to really think about this one. Like it, it sounds like a very intriguing film. It's not. Wow. I nearly watched it. I mean, you're more than welcome to watch it and you oh, might, have, might have might have it. Yeah, more than welcome. I'll let you have it. <laughs> the good about this is that it did start off pretty decent in the first act, and I was interested in seeing where this proposed off the walls insane film was going. The bad is it just turns into this hideous mess. I mean, character choices are just flat out ridiculous. It's gross. It's vile. Just for the sake of shocking the audience, in my opinion, I basically hated every single character by the end of this, and it gets two stars from me. All right, here's some reviews for The Perfection from pull-up Seymour Hoffman. It was fun. I didn't expect it to be campy, but once I realized that's where we were going, I enjoyed it. Here's one from Cinema Recall. I enjoyed The Perfection, but this would have worked way better as a book more than a movie. Gee, I'm not sure I've ever heard that. That's a, Yeah, that's an interesting take. Who sees a movie and says, gee, I wish there was a book? Hmm. Cinema Recall does. Recalling up some hot takes there. You always got to get one in, don't you? <laughs> All right, that brings me to my number 15 film, which is Five Feet Apart. You heard of this one? Yes, I have. The poster has two people standing five feet apart. They actually look like they're closer than that in the poster. Five feet's not very far. Well, compared to the poster and the movie. It's I think about your height, isn't it? Five feet. Just what are you talking about? Just imagine you, you short like- ass telling me that I'm five foot. Short ass? You're shorter than me, prick, so you're a short ass. <laughs> Let's not bring pricks into this. <laughs> Hey, if we're talking about five feet pricks, we can both get this discussion. <laughs> uh, so the good for this film for me is Hayley Lou Richardson is fantastic in her role she plays here. She's way too good for this film. The bad is it's uh, generally quite a bland and predictable film and it gets a two-star for me. Okay, here's a review for Five Feet Apart from the cinema guys. We stayed five feet apart from it. Bravo. Which moves me to my number 14 film, which is a film that came out earlier on this year, got some pretty high A-grade celebs in this, and it just got absolutely roasted. I'm talking about Serenity. Stars Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. Is it in space? Nowhere near space. Is it on Earth? 
It's on a boat, mostly. So it is on Earth. I was right. I was right about that one. It's like Anne Hathaway plays this woman who wants to pay Matthew McConaughey, who was this boat owner, to take her husband out on a to find some fool's gold on a fishing trip and kill him, make it look like an accident while he's out there. And but there's this whole big other weird thing that's going on. Can I ask you something though? Yeah, go for it. Here we go. How's the serenity? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I'm sure all of our American listeners understood that immensely. Those few that got that will appreciate exactly, it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So the good for this film for me is that it isn't as bad as it's hyped up to be. Honestly, I didn't actually mind where this ended up going. This massive twist weird thing that happens, it's fine. I thought it was okay. The bad is it's still a bit of a shit show, just not a not the half-star train wreck everyone made it out to be. So for me, it's a two-star film. I, I, I cannot predict... Your star ratings based on your reviews. Like some of these films- You're like, getting two sentences. One of them, what was it? The Perfection. You trashed it and gave it two. I trashed the end. I said the first act is really good. And then this one, you're like saying all this positive stuff, two. <laughs> I said it's still a shit show. Okay. Do you listen? Oh, I try. Not hard enough, which brings me to my number 13 film, which is the movie we did a little review on earlier on in the week, Aladdin. Nice. So let's move on to number 12, which is, wow, it's actually the first film you gave me to watch recently. One Hour Photo. Oh, yes. Yeah. Robin Williams he is such a chilling performance by him. Chilling. He's chilling. a chill dude. Chilling. So that's my good. Uh, the bad is the final third act is it's so bland. It's It shits the bed. The movie shits the bed in the third act for me. It ruins it. Two and a half stars. Oh, fair enough. I, I haven't seen it since I was a teenager, and I remember liking it then, so... Yeah. All right, then we're hitting my number eleven. So you're almost you're almost in talking territory here, and it is another film that you gave me to watch. It is the last of the Mohicans. No good. No, this is in to recommend. Nice. Yeah, three star for me. The good is when the film really starts to pick up the pace, we and we start getting some more of those character motivations and interactions. That's when it gets good. The bad for me is it just took a while to get there. Really dragged in the first third, first half. But like I said, when it gets into it, it really gets into it and it picks up the pace. So three stars for me. Solid half a film, I guess. How is Daniel? It's not one of his standout roles. He's, this is this would easily be one of his most forgettable roles for me. Is he unrecognisable though? No. It's oh, no good. I mean, he's a white man in an Indian movie. He stands out. Touche? How is that touche? <laughs> he's he's unrecognisable. Like, I know he's Daniel Day-Lewis and he's the only white guy in and this he's movie. He's got really long hair though. So? Gangs of New York, he's got a moustache and a weird top hat. <laughs> in Lincoln, he's Lincoln. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He looks different in every movie. Not unrecognisable, though. There's a difference. Okay. Okay, here's a review for The Last of the Mohicans from 143. Last of the Mohicans is an amazing movie. Fighting for your own land, then getting forced to fight for a country that believes you are the enemy. During that, finding love. All right, mate, I've talked enough. Let's move to your number 10. What is it? The worst film you've seen in the last two weeks. Yep, and this film took me a very, very long time to watch, I will say. Is it because it's very long? No, because it's so boring I couldn't sit through it. Um, it is, of course, a movie that you gave me to watch. I love giving you the worst movies. <laughs> you son of a bitch. This movie, The Mirror. Ah, Andre Tarkovsky. <sighs> well, like well-renowned director. I've never seen a Tarkovsky film, and I never want to again. Well, he, I, I believe realize, he did Stalker. Yeah, I realise he does have some in the IMDb Top 250, but this film is... 
I don't know. Like, and I've seen I've seen lots of lots of stuff about it and praising it and going on about how great and perfect this movie is, but I I, I am so bored by it. It is. There's just so little narrative in it. The actual method of storytelling is insanely confusing. Can I just add that Dean was basically almost begging me to get this, to make, to make him not watch this because it peaked into the top 250 at number 250 for like an hour. Is it one gone? Day. It's gone. I told you it was gone. He's like, see, it's in here. I can't, I don't have to watch it. Like, shut up, mate. Yeah, please let's do a full breakdown of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... It's it's horrible. It's really really boring. It's really hard to watch. Didn't like it at all. Yeah, nah. Um, the good, nothing. One star. Not going the old half star. What's stopping her from being half star? Anything. Performances from the Meryl Streep look alike. She's not bad. Okay, there you go. There's a good. Barely. She's no Meryl Streep. <laughs> she really does look like her though. Like, yeah. Look her up. All right, Hendo. What's your number ten film? My number ten is 1922's Nosferatu. Was it not Here we go. for you too? <laughs> That's okay. okay. Not your best tonight. Uh, no, it's fine. I think the good for me is the makeup of Nosferatu is actually quite, I'm going to say it again, chilling. Uh, in a silent movie, I think that actually increases it as well. The bad for me is it just made me want to watch the Gary Oldman Dracula for comparison and any film that's going to make me watch a film like that, uh, that's that's the bad for it. So it's a three-star film for me. We do have a review here from Ryan Alteri. Excellent. Such an incredible influence on the American horror film. The German expressionism is brilliantly on display. Good review there, Ryan. All right, buddy, number nine for you. What are we looking at? Uh, my number nine is Us. Ah, okay. We have heard uh, some intriguement from Patron Julio, who did see your very low I, star I just, remark. I don't understand why there's any intriguement at all. Int- because this film has been widely received as very good to great. Has it really? And see, you've pumped in this 1.5 star rating on Letterboxd, and everyone's like, ooh, I can't wait for Dean. I do not think anything of this giving it one and a half star. I've... I watched it. It is stupid. Lupita Nyong'o is... She gives such a split performance here and some of it is fine, like just acceptable, and some of it is so ridiculously just off-putting. Mm-hmm. Like, she's so hard to understand for a lot of it and I think... I mean, I don't think it's meant to be scary. There, there's nothing scary about this film. Okay, I'm honestly like when when I got that flack from Julio, I just like I I've heard nothing about this film whether people loved it or not. I just thought, okay, this is the bad follow up from Jordan Peele. I just think the reason that people like it maybe is because oh, Jordan Peele is so great, you know. This this is nowhere near as good as Get Out. Not even close to being what Get Out was. This is a standard. B-grade, not very good horror film. It's one and a half, and frankly, I'm just surprised that people really, really like this film. Okay. Have you seen it? No, I'm going to watch it this week. Please do. Yeah, I'm going to. I can't wanted, wait for you I just to join to hear the masses, your, hear your opinion as usual, first. and say how great it is and all that. Well, we'll find out, won't we? Yes, we will. But nah, shit film. Got a review here on Twitter from JJ Hunsecker. The first half was arresting. It falls apart after that, as it feels the need to explain classic post-hit follow-up syndrome. Nobody felt able to say, Jordan, enough already. Well said, JJ. All right, my number nine is a documentary that I watched, Pumping Iron. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) How did it make you feel when you were watching it? Well, that's my good. (laughs) Don't go there. It actually made me feel quite uh, inspired. Like you were calming. (laughs) 
I mean, that is what it's known for now, isn't it? It's so funny. No, it actually is quite interesting to see the mindset of someone who is just so committed and has the willpower to keep up this resume to basically become the best bodybuilder in the world. Like the stuff they do is ridiculous. I could never do that. The bad for me is that it inspired me to go lift some weights and I hurt myself. So fuck you, movie. Is that true? Yes. <laughs> what weights did you lift? I don't know. I just picked how up my light weights. How were they? I'm not even going to say how heavy I didn't were do they? any stretching or I got up and I started doing some shoulder presses. Oh, man, I stuffed this. Shoulder presses? <laughs> God. <laughs> now nah, three and a half stars, and I I'll, uh, might look at getting a different workout regime going on here. And I said, resume and regime in the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Classic endo. Yeah. All right, mate, your number eight. What do we got? My number eight is The Wind Rises. Ooh, not a Miyazaki fan of this one? No, I didn't think it was very good. Uh, the good thing for it, though, is the animation style. I'm still on board with that. There are some really great transitions as well between reality and dream sequences, which normally, obviously, I'm not a fan of dream sequences, but I thought they actually played really well in this film. The bad for me is, and I know I've read that this is, you know, what other people see as a positive, it's a much more mature film. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no fantasy elements to it really at all. Okay. And I felt I was left wanting with this film. So I'll give it two stars. Right, fair enough. My number eight is an animation, but it is a Disney animation. It is Pocahontas. First time I've watched it. Yeah, I don't, I've, I don't think I've seen it. It's good. Three and a half stars for me. Uh, what stands there for me as a good is it is very good to look at. It's very bright, like most Disney films are. But this one really, really stood out to me as like, wow, this is quite luscious. The way the places where it is actually, you know, it's out in the in the bush. It's it's got good. It's really good. Like what? I'm trying to think of some funny pun, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, is oh, it like- it's so good to look at. It's luscious. Something about you're- bush, and I'm just like, oh god, stop it! You're waiting for me to say the perfect word. You're like, think of it. Come on, you're overloading your brain. This is what you do every time I talk. You're like, just think, get the perfect word for a pun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's too much. You gave me too much material then. Uh, the bad, I, I guess it doesn't give me the massive wow factor that like some other Disney films would. It's it's very straightforward Disney. Hmm. So three and a half stars for me. Okay, decent. Well, I said that earlier, three and a half stars. Standard Disney, three and a half stars. Isn't it? I don't know. Still want to tell the story. Standard Disney would probably be three and a half at this point. Think of all the Disney films they got now. Yeah. All right, mate, number seven. What is it? Uh, Stockholm. Ah, new film, Ethan Hawke. Yes, Ethan Hawke. Looking ridiculous. <laughs> okay. And playing someone who is beyond ridiculous. Yeah. It's a story basically about a guy who goes to... What is he doing? I think he's robbing a bank. And he basically takes uh, captors and this is where the Stockholm... Syndrome. Syndrome. Thank you. Um, came about where the captors start to you know become affectionate towards their captors. Mm-hmm. So... That's really all this film has going for it, honestly. If it wasn't a true story, like some movies you're like, the true story hurt it a bit. This is one of those where if this was not a true story, it would be really, really bad. But the best thing for me is watching it and it gets really ridiculous, but because that stuff happened, it's like, wow, that's, that's more interesting than if it didn't. The bad for me is it's pretty boring. I didn't like any of the characters. Ethan Hawke is... I know it's... I'm not saying it was a bad performance, but the character he's playing is so annoying. It's just a, yeah, not a likable guy. Mark Strong's in it as well. He's pretty useless. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, two stars for me. All right, fair enough. Well, my number seven is another film you gave me to watch, 25th Hour. Nice. Yeah, it is nice. Better than nice, I reckon. The good for me is there's just great performance all around the board here. Sol- a solid script, really solid, and an amazing ending. That ending was so good. 
I literally know nothing about this film. Oh, you have not seen it? I've seen it. Oh. <laughs> and know nothing about it. I recommend I saw, you watch I saw it, it again. when it came out and I've, I don't remember a thing. No, nah, watch it again. I think it'd be worth it. The bad for me is that it probably took about 20 minutes before I got completely into the film. That first 20 minutes was a bit confusing. But once it came together, it was just great from there to the end. So it gets four stars from me. Oh, awesome. All right, Dean, on to your number six. My number six is Batman versus TMNT. You always have to have a Batman film in your what else you've been watching every time, don't you? Well, not always, but uh, when I see that there's a new one out, I'll definitely go and check it out. The good for me, great range of villains from the pretty standard rogue gallery at this point. Good seeing the Batman tropes here being playfully mocked by the Turtles as well. I actually think that the dynamic between this super serious Batman versus these super silly Ninja Turtles actually works. Yeah. The bad for me, though, there's really not much substance to it. <laughs> oh my God. Not a lot to it. <laughs> the animation actually looked a bit cheap as well. So, overall, pretty standard, uh, if not forgettable, Batman cartoon. Two and a half stars. Okay. Got a review here from Kevin Brackett. Batman vs. TMNT is one of the coolest animated DC films they've put out in a while. Great action, the animation was good, and I really enjoyed the voice work. Interesting to note about this film, it's actually the first time that the guy voicing Batman actually voiced the Joker as well. Mark Hamill? No. <laughs> did he not voice the Joker? No. Yes, he did. In this, Batman vs. TMNT. No, I'm just saying. Mark no. Hamill voiced the Joker, didn't he? Not in this, no. That's not what I'm saying. Get your facts right, Hendo. <laughs> What's your number six, Hendo? Misery. No good? What? Sorry, my number six is a recommend. <laughs> no, Misery's really good. Uh, it is an incredibly tense thriller that kept up in the ante as the film went on. Uh, the bad for me, I guess, is the movie's set in the snow. Uh, snow is generally very great to look at in movies, as you'll hear from me later on. But in this film, it really didn't do anything for the film. It felt kind of drab at points. But in terms of a... Isn't that the point? No, not with the setting, I don't think. But in terms of the tense thriller that's happening inside the house, it's a four-star film. All right, mate, your number five. My number five is Aladdin. Okay. Which we uh, did a bonus episode on, so if you want to hear my thoughts, go and listen to that. Over to your number five, Hendo. My number five is the one film that the patrons are giving me to watch this week because I haven't watched the other one yet, From Dust Till Dawn. Have you seen this? Yeah, again, long time ago. Mm -hmm. that's, that's high. Yeah, it is high. Wow. I'll start with the bad first because the film's first act is very dull and very generic. But the good for me is when the shit hits the fan in this film, it gets fantastic. I had a blast for these last two thirds. It was just nonstop. Oh, so much fun. It's just a shame that that first third is just, it brings it down. But still, it gets a four stars from me. All right, mate, we're into number four film. What do you got? A uh, new Netflix film, Always Be My Maybe. I haven't checked this one out yet. I will soon, but uh, I'll let you explain why it's at number four for you. This is actually quite a weak list, I must say. Considering is, I've watched ten films, you still not recommend? I do recommend it. This is this is this is three stars for me. It's Randall Park is great. Like yeah. he really is enjoyable. Ever since we saw him as Asian Jim, I was going to say office, that is where I know him from. Like he's in um, Ant Man and stuff as well. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, the FBI agent guy. Yeah, he's he's very enjoyable to watch. And it's good that he's got a film here where he's the main character. Mm -hmm. He plays alongside a comedian who, the name eludes me, but Brit knew who she was. Yeah, it's a, it's a feel-good rom-com. Mm -hmm. And I haven't seen many of these lately, so I quite enjoy this standout scene with an A-list actor, though. I know who that is. Yeah, if you don't, don't look it up, because I didn't. And, man, it was surprising. 
I mean, it's ridiculous. Like I'm, I, I scroll through YouTube and it's like, uh, here's this trailer and the picture is this person. Oh, like, that's, that's so bad. I know. It's just for clickbait. Yeah, bad for me though. It is pretty corny, predictable, and doesn't break any new ground really at all. Okay. So three stars. All right, that brings me to my number four, which is Booksmart. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. But the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 on the SATs. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Picture this. I'm a bag of dicks. Put me to your lips. Hand sanitizer. Chap. Chapstick. Chap. Mace. Listen, it is very important that you keep the safety. Yes, very good. I have watched Booksmart as well. Excellent. All right, a film we've watched together. Not together, well, but not together. in the same two weeks we watched the same film, so that's as good enough as it's going to get. Uh, the good for me is that this is a smart and witty coming-of-age film with some fleshed-out characters, both main and secondary. I think the secondary characters are pretty solid in this film as well, and it is a great directorial debut by Olivia Wilde too. Yeah, no, Olivia Wilde did a great job with the direction. I think that... I think the characters are great. The chemistry is great between them. Like mm. you can really tell that these people, or you get the sense that these people have been friends for a long time. Yeah, and that's not exactly always something easy to convey. The script is really nice. I feel like this movie would be really important to a lot of um, maybe older teenagers watching it now. Mm-hmm. I feel like me though watching it now, whilst I can appreciate what it's trying to do, it didn't hit me the same way that you know I film like Lady Bird or. Eighth grade. Eighth grade, thank you. It's not in that tier for me at all. Um, oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's <sighs> some good performances. It's very entertaining. There's some funny moments. It's just... What's your bad? Get into your bad. Yeah, what's my bad for this? I'll tell you, I'll tell you my bad? No, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you mine. There's too many extraordinarily clean and convenient points in this film where you see it and it's like... That would never happen. And whilst this is great, this Hollywood movie, and it's all so happy, I feel like it lost that realism that it needed to have. Okay. Kind of similar. There's this drug trip-out scene in the middle. It goes for about 10-odd minutes. just puts the film to a screeching halt for me. And I just I just wanted to get out of that. Like, oh, right, let's, let's get back to, I guess, a little bit of realism. <laughs> so... I think you give it three and a half? Yeah, three and a half. I give it a four. Okay, here's one review for Booksmart from Jarrell DeMonte. So much fun. I can agree with that. Lots of fun. Yeah, fun was had. All right, mate, you're number three. We're in our top three. We are. This is a film you gave me. Hey. Turner and Hooch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I must say, I was getting messages from Dean, like screenshots of him watching the movie, like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> there, There is some really, really funny moments in this, in particular the yeah, the first meeting between Turner and Hooch is just a pisser. It's filmed, <laughs> it's filmed like this horror movie with this huge beast of a dog like running and then it's like grips his neck and Tom Hanks is just Tom Hanksing all over the place. It's, it's a really, really good scene. Um, and, the, yeah, I mean, my good is the dog stuff. There's a lot of funny dog stuff, you know, Tom Hanks trying to, you know, I mean, it's a stupid storyline. It is a, of course. It is a cop with a dog as a witness. It's ridiculous, but Tom Hanks is always great. But the bad, it's 
it's a corny 80s cop movie with corny ending and who cares about this drug money smuggling stuff. I, I just, the problem is so much of the movie is this plot which I could not give two shits about. Just show me more. Show me more hooch. Of Tom Hanks acting like a dog. <laughs> uh, that's what the whole movie should be. It should just be him walking along, finding this dog, and they form a friendship. And then the dog probably waits for him for 10 years or something. But overall, throwaway, enjoyable comedy, three stars. Still baffles me that you think Hutchie is better than Turner and Hooch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, my number three. Uh, it's a film you gave me, the last one you gave me, Hard Candy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good film. Yeah? Good film. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I'd say check it out. Definitely check it out. It's it's worth it. It's The good for me is it's so well executed and acted. Ellen Page and Patrick Wilson, man. Is it Patrick Wilson? Yeah. They are very good in this film. It kept my attention the entire time, which is very hard for a film to do these days. The bad for me is like, I'm talking about the entire film. Like I did not, I did not stop watching this film. You know, sometimes you drift off, you check your phone and that. No, I watched this from beginning to end, just one take, done. Bad for me. Not much, really. Like, I can't pinpoint anything. Okay, if I'm going to say something, there is a convo with the neighbor that could have been scrapped. But I also think that kind of plays well into the film. So wow, it's, brutal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, four stars for me. Hard candy. Get on it. Okay, here's a review for Hard Candy from Ben Eels. Hard Candy is a gripping and at times shocking thriller that I adore. Ellen Page's performance is fantastic and people don't give it enough attention. Well, hopefully the people who are listening to this who haven't seen it will go and check it out now. Are you going to check it out, Dean? No. <laughs> okay. All right, mate. Our top two. What Here do you got? Go. Deadwood, the movie. Oh, you watched it, did you? I did. Okay. <gasps> are you a Deadwood fan? I am a Deadwood fan. You saw all- Switching. Cocksucker. Cocksucker. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been ages since I watched any Deadwood. Mm-hmm. So for me, the good is it's all the same great characters I knew and loved. The performances are all back. It's really it's this nostalgic look at Deadwood. Yeah. Like it's like instead of having to rewatch, I think it's only three seasons. Could mm-hmm. be four. Yeah, no, three seasons. Three seasons. Yeah. Three seasons of Deadwood. Just watch this movie. Like yeah. you get you get this great nostalgic kick. You see like, yeah, you know, Swenjin. Swenjin. <laughs> all that stuff, it's all there. It's it's Deadwood, you know? Yep, and Deadwood's good. The bad. Whilst the main push of this film's plot is interesting enough, there's definitely a bit of filler here and some maybe cliche audience pandering. And whilst Deadwood diehard fans might appreciate this sort of stuff, I'm not a diehard Deadwood fan. I just liked mm, it. Yeah. So for me, I'm also, I was like, okay, I don't need to see... A wedding and all this sort of crap. Okay. It's like, yep, move on. Move on to the, the main plot. Overall, though, fun movie, three stars. All right, we're on to my number two film, which is one of the couple of films that Paul and I agreed to watch at a specific time this year, and that is Senna. You heard of Senna? Yeah. Why did you agree to watch it? Because I've heard really good things about this documentary and I want to check it out. Okay. I know you're probably not interested in it. It's about Formula One, about Artin Senna, the guy who won three Formula One championships. Three. Yeah, he won three of them. I won't. Um, it's a documentary. It's a true story, but I'll just leave it at that because you probably don't know anything about it. Senna. Yeah. Is that the one with the chick who, like, kills people? No, that's Hannah. Oh. Huh. Yeah. This has 8.6 on IMDb. Not enough. Not enough. It's 55,000. It's not enough to qualify for top 250. Really? Yeah. 55,000 is not enough. Yeah, apparently. Otherwise, it would have been in there, wouldn't it? Uh, okay. I know there are films with less than 55,000. Unless they don't put docos in the top 250. Is there a Ooh. documentary in the top 250? Ooh, I don't think there is. That is a very good point. There you go. They should do an IMDb Top 250 documentaries. Yeah, should look yeah. into that. 
We'll call the bosses. Sure. No, Senna. Great film. This is one of the most well-put-together documentaries I've ever seen. The editing, the pacing, the score, the footage, it's all fantastic. I loved this documentary. You want me to throw out a bad? No, I can't because nothing really stands out for me as a bad here. This was one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. It is a four and a half star film. Fantastic. Okay. Number one, Dean. Number one. What do you got? I think I know what it is. Well, of course you do. Yes. It is uh, the aforementioned Booksmart, which I gave three and a half stars. Wow. Number one, three and a half. You had a rough fortnight, didn't you? I did. I just want to jump in though. I did watch something else, which doesn't qualify in this. It's a mini series. It's called When They See Us. Yeah, I've heard some stuff about this. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm sure uh, Dan from Netflix and Swirl will be loving what you're saying right now. It is five hours long and- Damn! It is worth it. It is so good. I watched it over the last two nights and yeah, that I tell you now, the last episode is the best by a mile. It is a fantastic show. It's a based on true story about what is known as the Central Park Five, which I think I'd heard of but really didn't know anything about. It's insane. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if you're on board to watch it because it is five hours, but I highly recommend it to anyone listening. Go and check it out. It's on Netflix when they see us. I might go check it out once the movie challenge is done. Do you know, just on this little miniseries uh, thing, do you know what the highest rated thing on Letterboxd at the moment is? Band of Brothers? It's Chernobyl. Oh, I was just about to say, are you interested in seeing Chernobyl? Because yeah, I've heard solid stuff about that too. That is my next thing. Cool. I will be watching Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah awesome. And I'm really excited because I've had like people at work come to me as well and say, yeah. oh, you got to watch this. It's really good. Yeah, my brother-in-law, Sean, he, was, he messaged me today actually. He's like, have you watched Chernobyl? And I'm like, nah. He's like, no, definitely get on it. It's solid. Yeah. Like, yeah, I will eventually. No, it's good. All right, but enough about miniseries. Hendo, what is your number one film? My number one film is a 2019 film called Arctic. Mads Mikkelsen, Out in the Snow, Stranded. Nice. It's 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 basically Mads Mikkelsen for 90 to, four, 90 to 100 odd minutes. It's not always a good thing though, is it? No, but this one's not directed by Nicholas Winding Refn. The good for me is my man Mads. He puts on a fantastic, basically one-man show. He knocks it out of the park with this film. And like I said, with Misery, the snow, the cinematography in this is breathtaking. It is so good to look at. It is such a fantastic film. Again, the bad, nothing stands out for me. It's it's a superb film. If you're going to watch a 2019 film, you're watching Arctic, okay? Are you hitting up a, uh, a five-star banger here, Hendo? No, it's a four and a half. Damn. Yeah. Five stars are got to get. It's got to be like just I, – I, I think I'm at the point where I don't feel like I'm going to give a five-star to a film on the first go. Like I did it – my last five-star film was Your Name. You know, it's funny. I'm considering re-watching all of my five-star movies and I could see myself taking mm. out a lot. Yeah. Like really taking out a lot. Now that I'm actually watching films and rating everything, there are films that I think on that list I would watch now and not rate five stars. I think I'd probably go back and watch Arctic again at some point this year and see if it actually is five stars. Hmm. But we do have a review here from Gavin. It is a superb performance from Mickelson, but I thought it lacked the atmosphere and threat to give it a real survival feel. Mickelson was just too damn self-sufficient to make me worry about him. I didn't think that it's a bad film, but I could have had, but it could have had much more impact. Uh, no, I think it had the perfect amount of impact for me, and that's why it's my number one film, of course. I'm glad you uh, had the opportunity to give your rebuttal there. Henry. Yes, you are. <laughs> no, that's going to do it for us this week, Dean. Thank you for watching more than two films this week. I felt we had a good little back and forth going on here with this. You like that, did you? Yeah, a little bit more interaction from yourself there. Instead of you sitting on your phone looking at stuff while I'm talking to myself. How dare you? I'm, I'm merely making notes about what you're saying. <laughs> you're thinking of puns. You're like, oh, uh, you said this word, pun, 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 pun. <laughs>
Now, of course, next week we're not doing Infernal Affairs anymore. We're going to be doing Sherlock Jr. at a crisp 60 minutes. Can't wait to pick Lawrence of Arabia the week after. I wonder if our breakdown's going to be longer than the movie. I well, don't know. Well, we- I mean, we did City Lights, didn't we? How long was our breakdown for that? Do you remember? Uh, maybe just under an hour. Yeah, we'll say. We'll say. Yeah, we will. Uh, so once again, thank you very much to Brenton and Danielle from We Are DB. Commiserations on the on the loss. Yeah, we'll see how they go in the draft. Yes, exactly. So thank you very much, Dean, for contributing to the episode once again. <laughs> I can listen to you. You're so fucking high and mighty. <laughs> Uh, no, thank you for uh, contributing this week. Thank no, you for hosting and thank you for uh, supplying the beers and the entertainment. Oh, you supplied the entertainment. Oh, did I, did, I did this oh, week. You did not. I did. Absolutely, <laughs> so right I did. Now. <laughs> Flat as a tack. You I were. supplied the win in Pod v Pod. That's for sure. Yes, yeah, silence. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to prove that I'm right. I don't want to. I don't want to say that Daniel's right, but <laughs> no, 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 he's no. right. No. Uh, we're done here. You know, if only there was a way that me and you could do a Pod v Pod together. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's right. We just fucking did, and I kicked your ass. So just watch it, Hendo. Just watch it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well done. <laughs> now, nah, thank you very much, listeners, for checking out the episode. We will see you next week for Sherlock Jr. Bye.